and uh, hi everybody in, in the room, but also hi for those watching from home or wherever you are, and thank you for sticking with us. Sorry about the uh, technical difficulties we've been uh, having during the service. Um, appreciate you sticking around. Right, well, we are continuing in our series now. We've already oh, pitched Alex. what's happening this year, what we believe God has set our hearts towards over the uh, coming year as Wellspring Church family. And I'm really excited that we're now beginning to look really closely into, we're going to focus our time together on what it means to be stronger in faith. And as already outlined so well in our kind of becoming series, this is a journey of becoming. And not a journey of becoming just simply because we've chosen it for ourselves, but something God has chosen for each and every one of us. For those at home, for those here in the room, God has chosen to journey with us and with him we will become stronger in faith. We can't do this by ourselves and we have to do it in a journey with God and as much as possible actually, even in this time of lockdown together. And one thing I was pondering as I was saying about journeying with God, if we're not journeying with God, if this journey of becoming stronger in faith is without God, then we're lost. We're lost without him. I want to encourage us, each and every one of us, just as the, um, Steph began in the, uh, the service, is actually we need to take away any distance between ourselves and God and draw as close as we can. Because God has made every effort for us to be close to him through Christ Jesus. And I love the fact that we did communion together as a reminder of the intimacy we have with him, but actually the devotion we can have in our hearts as we respond to his death and resurrection, to the new life we get because of his forgiveness. So we're on a journey of becoming, and it's with God. And one of the questions we have to ask is why? Why are we journeying in this way? Why has God chosen this journey of becoming for us? And it's because God wants us to experience his goodness. God's heart is that we would know him better and experience his goodness better. In fact, to experience his glory. Wow, that God, the King of kings and Lord of lords, would share his glory with us, that he would share his power with us. And really, as we look into the book of Acts and what you'll see coming over and over and over again is actually part of this becoming, really what it lies on and relies on is being filled by his Holy Spirit. And that is basically what we want to bring ourselves to as Wellspring Church, a point of being filled by the Holy Spirit over and over and over. And you'll see through the book of Acts, this is a repeated thing. It's not a one-hit wonder. It's not, I've been filled by the love of God, and that's it. But there's this ongoing commitment to journeying with God, to become stronger in faith, which means deeper in relationship with Jesus, who leads and guides us. Now, as we're starting the series on Stronger in Faith, it may surprise you that I once joined the gym. And uh, people are already laughing in here. And actually, I committed to that gym for a year. In fact, it would surprise you that I actually attended the gym. I did go. I didn't just buy a kind of membership and then allow it and not go. I bought a membership and I went along. And uh, I enjoyed the jacuzzi. I enjoyed the sauna. I enjoyed the swimming pool. But I did actually do some weights and do some exercise there. But... As you probably have guessed, and as uh, Hannah, unfortunately, I, I did this before a year before getting married. Not much change took place. 
I didn't grow any stronger, really. Or if I did, well, that's gone for sure now. But it, it really put something on my heart that actually, even though I joined a gym, even though I attended the gym, even though I went and did certain things at the gym, I didn't grow any stronger. There wasn't much change. And I wanted to bring that fact about church as well. Do you know you can join a church? You can be part of Wellspring Church. You can even attend services here in person or online. But you know, you might not get any stronger. It's a possibility for you not to change at all. And when reflecting about this physically, I realized the importance of becoming stronger. If I really was intentional about it, I wouldn't just ask my friend how to get stronger and then try and have a go at it. I wouldn't just Google it and see ways I could get stronger. I wouldn't just read books about getting stronger. Actually, if I really wanted to become stronger physically, the best thing to do would be to ask a personal trainer. Because, you know, a personal trainer knows how you, particularly uniquely to you, how you get stronger, because it's different with different people and different on the purpose. But not only that, a personal trainer will show you how to get stronger, show you the exercises. He, he will give you the examples of what to do. And actually, a personal trainer, in the time that you meet, you spend that time together, and they're with you. And they show you what to do, how to do, and even plan certain things that will help you in your journey of becoming stronger. And as I think about this analogy, I've realized through church, what we all need is a personal trainer, the personal trainer who's going to get us stronger in our faith, who's going to take us deeper in our relationship with him, with God. And that's Jesus. I want to encourage each and every one of you, we all can reach out to the personal trainer who will grow us stronger in faith, help us become stronger in faith if we reach out to Jesus let Jesus show you how to become stronger in faith. Let Jesus choose, just as I said, this is a journey of becoming that God has chosen for us. Let Jesus choose what it is we're becoming stronger in, in our relationship with him. And we're going to spend some time at the end of the service really reflecting personally, although this is a corporate call to Wellspring Church, what would Jesus have us grow in becoming stronger in faith? Let him decide. Let him show us. Let him walk us through it. And like a personal trainer, he does spend time with us. But a personal trainer in, in physicality only spends like an hour session with you. What we have with Jesus is an invitation to walk with him 24-7. With him always showing us. With him always guiding us. And... Uh, Coming back to that analogy, one of the things I've realized actually with growing stronger in faith, if you're growing stronger physically, there's kind of three main things you can look at areas. There's exercise, there's uh, weight resistance training, and then there's dieting. And over at least the next three weeks, we're going to look at these in the parallel to what that means spiritually. So today I'm going to look at exercise. What does it mean to do something regular, repetitive, but grows and helps us exercise our faith with God. And to do this, today, we're going to look at a passage in Acts chapter 2. So if you've got your Bibles with, with you, please turn, open your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. And we're just going to read verses 42 through to 47. And this part of scripture just follows on from when Pentecost happens and people are filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter then speaks up about what is happening, explaining, because some people are bewildered. They don't, they're puzzled by what is happening. And they receive this word from Peter and they respond to it. 
And in their response to it, in faith, in belief to it, in repenting and turning away from what was before, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And so this is what Luke, the author of Acts, has to say about these people who have recently received the Holy Spirit for the first time. It says this about them. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with the awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, if you're reading that in a Bible, you may have the header, which I do in the NIV at least, saying the fellowship of believers. Or I think in another version, it's like the the community of believers, the new community, where the emphasis is on this fellowship and being together, which again is weird in this time when we're trying to... um, you know, be careful and, and, and adhere to government guidance of uh, being safe and being safely apart or within some sort of distance. But when I looked at this passage, I opened up the Greek because the Greek is what it was originally written in. And actually, what you'll see is there's, there's a word that's repeated twice in this text, and it's devotion. The Greek is proskateruntes. I hope that's how you pronounce it. It's kind of uh, there in a... Um, in the passage in verse 42 and again in verse 46. And I just thought if I was to name this passage or give a subheading to it, it would be less on community, less on actually fellowship, even though those are good things, but more on the devotion of these new believers. Devotion on Holy Spirit-filled believers. And the reason why is it's because of the devotion they end up having community. Because of their devotion, they have fellowship. And then what we see in this passage is all these certain things they can do, but it comes from a heart and place of devotion. Proskateruntes, meaning devoting or steadfastly continuing. So what we have here isn't just some actions they did, it's the heart of the believers I want us to focus on first. It's heart and practice devotion as well as the discipleship. And I think right here, we just got to park here for a moment before launching into how do we get stronger in faith, David, and realise the why behind it, the heart behind it. Because what we can find so easily is in our discipleship, if we're doing it without love, because it's very easy to do discipleship, do things, do activities. It's, It's easy to behave in a certain way without devotion. Discipleship without devotion is just noise to God. It's not a pleasant noise either. It says in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1, if I speak in tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Now, I know my daughter loves me, right? But a lot of the time, she will just bang toys together and smash toys together. And even though she loves me, she's just doing that repetitively. And it becomes a bit upsetting. It's not a good noise for me to hear. And I wonder so much sometimes when I come to God, even though maybe I've got a good heart to begin with, I can be lost in the discipline. 
just the regime, just the regularity of following Jesus, that actually I'm not blessing my father. I'm not blessing God because I'm not bringing the heart. I'm just banging a symbol. Now, here's the thing. We can flip that the other way. We can have devotion without discipleship. And this is a tough one to hear as well because you could start off having the right heart and then you go into this practice, but without continuing your devotion in an active way, without really growing in your discipleship, actually your love becomes empty. James 2 verse 17 says this, in the same way, faith, remember stronger in faith, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. And so when we look in on ourselves, and this is a really kind of opening heart surgery for Wellspring Church at least, we have to recognise, oh, there may have been points where I've, I've stopped along the way, where either the love has gone or actually the purpose behind my love and, 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 and going for it, seeking after it, has kind of backtracked. We've become comfortable. The devotion of the early believers were a mix of practice and heart. And I believe that's what God is doing in Wellspring Church right now. He's bringing us back to practice, but with the right heart. And so what I've called this kind of uh, preach is daily devotions. Why did the disciples do these daily devotions? Why were they so devoted to follow through with all these means? And it's because of their love of Jesus. Yes, first of all, Jesus loved them, but because of the response of what they've heard about Jesus and what he's done for each and every person, wiping away sin, shame, guilt, fear, all those things through the resurrection, forgiveness, and a life restored in relationship with God, their walk can now be with God and for God. And so when we look at this passage, I've actually highlighted um, seven things that we can see. And I'm just going to read them off because I guess nothing is working um, visually. So let me just read them off to you. There's apostles' teaching. There's fellowship. There's breaking of bread. There's prayer. They sold and gave their property and they're praising God. Okay, so there's six things outlined there. And I believe... That is actually something God hasn't changed his mind on, but we as a church will journey in. And I just wanted to unpack these things really quickly. But the first one, the apostles' teaching. It's really interesting, isn't it? These new believers get filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, God himself, his presence and company, yet they are still devoted to other people teaching them. It wasn't, oh, the Spirit's filled me, I can go my own way. They were still hungering and seeking after investment. And investment by who? By the apostles who walked, ate, drank with Jesus, who journeyed with Jesus. And the thing is, we have to look at this passage of Scripture and realise, well, the Jewish people were doing similar stuff anyway. They would have journeyed like this. What's the difference from non-believers doing that? And it comes down to Jesus. The apostles' teaching was mainly about Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And they would have used the previous scriptures of the Torah, the Old Testament. But what we get in our scriptures now, in, in the New Testament, so much of it is actually the apostles' teaching in, in word form so we can read it. And so at this point here, I believe for Wellspring Church, we need to continue to abide in his word. 
And that's, um, you'll see that in John chapter 15, abide in Christ, but also in his word. And so scripture is so important for each of us. If we are to grow in faith, we've got to love the word of God. We've got to treasure it with not just our hearts, but in our practice too, in reading it. And one thing I wanted to pull out from this is last week, Magdi just shared, have you ever just read stuff about Jesus and continued to mull it over? I think that's an amazing thing. If we're to grow stronger in our faith, let's get to know Jesus more. Let's continue to read about the words of Jesus, and especially in the New Testament letters, the doxologies or just the opening chapters one, a lot of the opening chapters of chapter one, maybe even two, they've just got so much about who Jesus is, and that will edify you. You see, this is the difference. They were learning about Jesus and walking Jesus' teachings through. So for us as a church... Let's continue to read scripture. Let's get in there. But also, let's not just do this by ourselves. Let's gather or meet in whatever way is safe and, you know, reg- you know within regulations to learn from scripture from others who've walked with Jesus longer than ourselves. And I don't even mean that in years, but maybe in experience, you know, because there'll be people who've walked with Jesus for a long time who may not, if, if you've heard what I've said, who may not actually know the walk of Jesus that well because they haven't continued journeying with him. But look, I believe God has placed in all our lives people that can help us and encourage us and challenge us with our walk with Jesus. And that's something that we should do together. Now, the second thing that comes up here is fellowship. And uh, the thing I wanted to point out here, because obviously it's emphasized over and over. In the NIV, it says being together over and over three times. But the thing is, they were together in one mind. So not just in physical space, they were together in one mind. They ate together in a physical space, but the one mindness they were together in was Jesus. You're going to see, I'm going to get quite boring through this preach, because I'm just going to give you Jesus in each element. This is what was different about the new community of believers, their devotion to Jesus, which internally became a devotion to one another because they were of one mind. And so I want to encourage you, as Wellspring Church, what this looks like, kind of updating it, is companionship. I think that just brings a bit more of an understanding of fellowship because, yeah, we could be fellows, we could be friends, but companionship really talks about purposely, intentionally journeying together in Jesus. I want to encourage all those listening at home and and us here in the room, who are we journeying with who is intentionally getting us to grow? Who are we committed to journeying together? And that is a real big question, a, a culture shift, I believe, for Wellspring Church, for this family, that each and every one of us can say within a certain group of people, a small group of people, that we are actually intentionally journeying together and keeping honest accounts, short accounts with one another, to know where we're growing, how we're growing, what Jesus is doing in our lives. All right, we're going to move on because time is short. Breaking of bread. And I, it's such a privilege, again, to break bread together to actually do communion. This is what they're doing. Again, the culture of the day is they would break bread with pretty much every meal. And obviously, the Jewish, the, the Jewish faith was part, part of that was the Passover and breaking bread and the resemblance of what that meant to them. But to us, breaking bread is communion and that fellowship of communion, of the oneness that Christ has brought about through his body and through his blood. And just so you know, we're going to try and get back into a rhythm of taking communion, at least in the service, 
every other week, so the first and third Sundays of the week. I think that's really important to remind ourselves of Jesus' sacrifice for us. And I want to encourage you, although this is all practical, there's always the spiritual reflection going on here. And so even in a meeting with somebody, even in going for a walk with somebody, maybe getting a cup of tea or coffee, even in that transaction of drinking and eating together and fellowshipping together, there's a sense, I am having what I have because of Jesus. Because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, I get to feast on the physical food, whether it's, you know, the communion elements or whatever I have. There's this idea when you're journeying with people, you're grateful for what you have in front of you because it points you to Jesus. You're reminded of Jesus. So that's the fourth thing. Let me just recap. Scripture, that's going to get us stronger. Learning from teachers, that's going to get us stronger. Companionship is going to get us stronger. Communion is going to get us stronger. Prayer, it goes without saying, prayer is going to help us get stronger in faith. And I don't want to spend too much time on it. There's not much in the passage. It just says they devoted themselves to prayer. We're going to spend a whole series on deeper in prayer in kind of post-Easter. We're going to spend like six weeks in there. But one thing I've noticed from the early disciples who were filled with the Spirit, when they come to pray, and you'll see this more in chapter 4, when they pray, they pray about God first. They exalt God, who he is. They, they thank God for his power and for his will, even though the will of God may not match up to such a pleasant walk for, for those who are praying. And then after praising God in their prayer, exalting God for who he is and his power and his will, then it talks about filling them with his power and will so that they become more like him. You see that? Exalt him for his power and will, and then they ask him for his power and will in their lives. That is the prayer we're going to be praying more and more as a church family. And uh, if you haven't already uh, been part of the Anglican uh, Church, our brothers and sisters in the Church of England are praying daily over this month. They've been called to pray. And I've encouraged us as well as bring church to join them at 6 p.m. every day, not, not physically or literally, but simply praying a prayer and the Lord's Prayer. Interesting, isn't it? The new prayer that established the church, Jesus taught us how to pray, and things haven't shifted in that sense. Let's continue to pray the Lord's Prayer. And at the end of this service, or at the end of our response time together, we're going to pray the prayer again as a sign of our devotion to God and our devotion to one another for our love for him. Finally, one of the things they did was selling and giving. They sold what they had and gave it to anybody who was in need. So much so that in chapter 4, a couple of chapters later, they, there was no need in the church. It literally says in that Luke made an em- like Luke emphasised that there was no needy person among them. Wow! Imagine that. And one of the things I, I've, I'm coming to be challenged by God is, How much do you know of the need in in the church, David? I care so much for the church, God, but I don't know. And part of the not knowing is not having that personal relationship. I'm not saying I need to have a personal relationship with everyone, although if you know me, I do want that. But actually, it's that we're so connected that there's companionship happening all over us, that nobody is on the fringe. And if they are, if they eventually go on the fringe, there's people who are accountable who are going to bring them back in obviously without imposing God on them or imposing church on them, but we're going to bring them back in lovingly. 
Selling and giving things. This was a sacrificial giving. People can give, and we do give. I'm not even talking about tithe here. I'm just simply saying there's something that points us to Jesus. Jesus gave of himself. We just broke bread together. We just had, you know, the juice together, commune together. In our journey together as a church family, although there will be costly moments where we give and sacrifice, no one will be in need if we love one another in this way. And actually, it goes beyond the walls of the church, if you will, or the body or the family. Our heart is to reach people out there, people who need Jesus, people who are perishing because they're lost, because they're not journeying with Jesus. This is something we get to be part of. And finally, praise. They exalted Jesus. This is what you'll see the early believers always doing. The lordship of Jesus, his saving works. That's what they talk about. That's what they praise. And for us, yes, in this time, we're limited again. We think of worship and we think of musicality and songs and and bands and things like that. But again, I just want to take it back to the heart. God is really encouraging us here to simply respond to knowing who Jesus is. And when you respond to knowing who Jesus is, it comes up in praise. Simply just a tip for you, we've been reading in our um, reading plans from Psalms. Just read the Psalms out loud. It is praise. There's plenty of resources online, musically and things to help us. But I want to encourage us as a church family, we're going to learn what it is to praise God because of what Jesus has done and have a response to him. So finally, when we look at all this, it it seems quite a lot because I've said daily devotion. You're like, well, David, doing this every day. That's quite tough. It doesn't fit just even our world and how things happen. And that is true. Like, I can't do that every day. It's not going to happen. And I come back to the heart and practice. So how often should I do this? And it's not trying to get, like, the least amount. You know, we're not just trying to squeeze by. But I think it's important to ask this question. When it talks about daily, when, when we're seeing it being happening regularly, if they are of one mind and you're journeying with people, How often do you need to meet to continue keeping up that one mind? Just think about that for a moment. If you're not journeying enough, then that one mindness, that mindness on Jesus will start to unravel. It's really interesting in this passage. It talks about in verse 46, they um, ate together with glad and sincere hearts. The Greek is simple hearts. This reminds me of many of David's Psalms where he says, give me an undivided heart. How often do you need to meet together with other people to do fellowship, to do these things, so that your heart doesn't become divided? Because there, your heart will chase after and long for other things. What God is helping us, he's not setting parameters and being religious here. He's just saying, what will help you keep that simple one-mindedness, that simple heart, that sincere heart? That's what I think this passage is about. It's not simply saying daily we should meet, especially when we can't meet daily. to have a sincere, simple, undivided heart. However often that needs to happen to make this sincere heart devotion discipleship work. And finally, just wanted to share how this works. Because I've talked about many ways we can exercise our faith. These are actions we can do with the right heart. The very next chapter, the very next verse in Acts chapter 3 verse 1 says, One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Just their daily exercise. And yes, it was part of their tradition, their culture, just to go up to the temple. Notice there, there's two people going together. But the other thing is they're just doing what they do. Nothing special, 
a usual day, a usual occurrence, but we know, because we've been talking about it as a church family for ages now, that in chapter 3, there's a miracle. A beggar, a lame beggar is healed, and then the gospel is preached, and then we get into chapter 4, and Peter and John are actually talking and preaching towards the Sanhedrin, the temple. But that all came from a place of just daily faith, daily exercise, going to pray. You know, I do exercise, and what I've noticed about exercising is it's repetitive. (laughs) There's no quick results, no sudden changes. But after a while, you sense something different. You feel different. Maybe actually straight away you feel muscles you've never felt before. But along the way, you start seeing things differently. And actually, new possibilities are made available. Ten press-ups can now become 15. Star jumps can become sets. And things like that. So maybe for us, one day, just as we're doing our thing, we're doing our daily walk with God, at some point we think, something's different. God wants me to do this. Because what we hear about this passage about Peter and John, they've walked by, if this is a daily thing in their culture, they've walked past the gate beautiful over and over and over. But that day, on that occasion, something was different. Suddenly the Holy Spirit, my paraphrase again, they see something different. They see an opportunity that was there every day they walked past. But today was different because this opportunity was an opportunity God was leading them in. I want to encourage you as a church family, as we continue to journey what it is to be stronger in faith and just do our exercise, just grow in that daily, those daily things that the early church did, we're going to start to feel different. Start to have God's heart for other people more than we ever had done. And we're going to start flexing our muscles, maybe moving further, increasing what we do, and we're going to start touching people's lives in a way we've never done before because the Holy Spirit is at work in us. So to close, what we're going to do in just a moment, we're going to respond in a song. And before we rush into songs and amazing song lyrics, actually, the song is actually an instrumental for most of it. And I just want to ask you, how is Jesus growing you in faith? Let's take that time together as a church family to really deeply, personally ask God, what does it mean to be daily devoted to you, Jesus? Help me in my devotion. Help me in my discipleship. You are the personal trainer. So tell me how I am to grow. Show me how to grow. You are the boss. I'm not going to tell you where I want to grow and how to grow. You are the boss. Let me surrender before you and then I'll build my life on what you say. So over to this song, and then when we come back together, I'll lead us in our response.
to respond, not simply to me, but to you and God. I really uh, hope and pray that whatever Jesus has put on your heart and showed you of how you're going to grow, at least soon, that you'll commit to that. I'm going to encourage you and I'm going to open up this opportunity uh, to say the Lord's Prayer as a sign, as a declaration of your devotion to God. So for those, at least in the auditorium, would you mind standing with me? Um, I'll lead the Lord's Prayer, but um, please would you say it with me? I'm going to, unfortunately, the, it won't come up on the screens, but you know the Lord's Prayer, hopefully. Right. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Amen. If you'd like to take your seats. 